Welcome to Recess Now, 5-Minute Bit. I'm Ralph Seymour. Today we're going to start part two of the surgical airway, and let's just get started and get right into it. All right? So every single airway uh, that you uh, prepare for, if you even have time to prepare, and sometimes you don't have the type of time that you'd want, but you should always prepare to some degree. You should always have a list of backups for your backups every single time because you, that's what you're going to need in a pinch, and you can't be having people run in the other room to grab it. You have to have everything ready for you. As a paramedic, you should have everything in your airway bag. And I remember when I was a paramedic, we always had everything in our airway bag that we could possibly need in order to achieve airway management in one-stop shopping. That was that bag, okay? So you have to have something similar in the emergency department or the ICU. You can't have people running around in different utility rooms looking for stuff, okay? That's unacceptable. That's my first piece of advice. Have all your equipment ready at the bedside when you need it, okay? And for this, specifically, we're talking about cricothyrotomy. Okay, surgical crike. I was trained to do the sur- the surgical crike and the needle crike. Needle crike usually for children under the age of twelve, and surgical crike for everybody else. Now, I'm not saying needle crikes are wrong. I, I don't really see it as being that effective. I've never done one personally, so I can't I can't talk about that with any experience. But what I can say is that surgical crikes do work if they're done correctly. So here's the way I recommend doing a surgical crike. Always have the equipment at the bedside. My my um, uh, list or my um, airway management checklist is always kind of done in my head as I walk in the room and I make sure I have all of this stuff and I'm kind of, you know, yeah, uh, you know, speaking out loud of, of the things that I think we should need, and then I get the affirmative or negative uh, response of whether we have that readily available. So I try to get that done in real time as we're preparing uh, to take care of the airway. So now when you're down to crike, um, you're going to be doing a cricothyrotomy. My, my thing is that the neck probably should be prepped on any patient ahead of time. Um, before the um, first attempt or the first pass at oral tracheal intubation, either be either by uh, video laryngoscopy or direct laryngoscopy. If that's going to be your first thing, and it is for most uh, practitioners and paramedics, then you should like take a look at the anatomy of the neck before you, especially if you're going to paralyze somebody. Okay, you're going to be using succinylcholine or rock uranium um, as your paralyzing agent. Then you need to kind of look at the neck, the the front of the neck anatomy first, you know, and then maybe you know prep that area with some betadine before you uh, give any sedation or, or paralyzing medication to try to intubate. You know, kind of feel that those landmarks you know, of the thyroid cartilage coming down to the cricothyroid membrane. And then beneath that is the cricoid ring. Okay, the cricoid cartilage is right there. And then beneath that, you'll start feeling your tracheal rings all the way down to the sternal notch. You have to be familiar with that particular anatomy. Okay, now, the first thing you're doing is prepping the neck. Somebody is going to be at the head trying the intubation, and we're going to assume that that was not successful for the purposes of this discussion. You make the determination, I have to crike. We have no sats. Patient is braiding down. We, this is, we have to get an airway. We have to do it now. We can't ventilate the patient with traditional BVM for whatever reason. 
for whatever reason. The next step is that you have to have three things readily available at the bedside to make this happen. Okay, you have to have a 11-blade scalpel. You can use any kind of scalpel, but I recommend the 11-blade because it has a sharp tip, and you can kind of punch through things with it. The second thing you need to have is a bougie, okay? And the third thing you should have is like either a size 6 um, uh, tracheostomy tube, which could be any brand, doesn't matter, as long as it's got a cuff on it, and or you could just use an endotracheal tube. Those are the three things that you need to make this happen, okay? You don't need lubricant. You don't need any of that stuff. You need those three things, okay? We call this technique, and I didn't, ad- I just adopted this way of doing it because I think it makes so much sense, is the scalpel finger bougie technique in, in order to um, make this happen, okay? So you've already identified your landmarks at the front of the neck, okay? So the next thing you're going to do, you have your equipment, okay? And you're going to find that cricothyroid membrane. And I highlighted from superior to inferior, okay? In descending order, I I, I told you what that anatomy was going to be. The first thing you want to do is make your longitudinal incision, okay? Above the cricothyroid membrane, okay? And that is a vertical incision with the scalpel and it kind of, and kind of go down to the, where the membrane is okay you might have some bleeding there you you probably won't be prohibitive just go ahead and make that incision deep enough to get down to where that membrane is make it about two centimeters let's say two centimeters one one and a half to two centimeters in uh, length the next thing you want to do is dive your finger down and feel that membrane with your finger okay and with that's with your non-dominant hand with your dominant hand you take that scalpel and you punch through that cricothyroid membrane okay you you angle the blade the blade goes sideways not up not down sideways so you cut transverse to the patient's right and then you reverse the blade while it's in that incision and you cut a little bit to the patient's left. Remove the scalpel, scalpel down on the field so somebody can recover it. And the next thing you're going to do is ride that bougie under your finger pad and make sure that you go down into the trachea. The important thing is that you don't enter a false passage. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more on the next installment of the surgical airway. I'm Ralph Seymour. Thanks for joining us.